0: Dr. Nimrod Mbele is an academic, a successful businessman who has a talent to simplify business and make it relevant beyond the boardroom. Catch Dr. Nimrod Mbele live at Beyond Governance, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele.
1: A very good evening to all and welcome to tonight's edition of uh, Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele. Once again, I'm honored to be in your company and thank you for listening to the show. I am definitely privileged indeed. Um, you know, I'll be with you until nine o'clock and hopefully by the time we're done, we would have covered sufficient ground in terms of some of the issues that we'll go through. Um, if you missed our, you know, episode last week, you have missed out quite a lot. But nonetheless, there's always a way to, you know, go back and retrieve some of those uh, podcasts. Go to www.highfm.com uh, and retrieve the podcast and advise us on your assessment. Mr. Limrod, this sort of picked up, or did not like this, or like this, whatever it is that comes through your mind in terms of what you have picked up. Um, you know, uh drop us an SMS. Our SMS line is three four five one nine. Uh the WhatsApp line is O six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And of course my email address it's Nimrod at day Now moving on swiftly, uh let me pay homage to Kathy, uh, Mandy, Sasha, DJ Flow and Vusi. Uh, and as always I'm not flying, I'm not flying solo. I have Tabo who's a technical producer. For whom the show will be a lot poorer. On that note, uh, Timon, uh, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Doc. How are you? Thank you very much, my brother. Um, um, you know, one of the critical things that I thought about as I was coming, you know, uh, to the show, which which um, embodies it's almost like embodiment of the show because we're dealing with, you know, governance issues. It's about leadership. It's about management, and and I could not uh, uh, stop thinking about, you know. Um, you know, the minister of, um, you know, uh, um, you know cooperative governance, uh, Zolim Keezer, who, you know, indicated that the scandal of the VBS, the municipalities are on their own uh, in terms of equipping those monies. And I'm like, okay. Um, firstly, whose responsibility was it? You know, uh, in municipalities or electorate did not sanction, you know, um, diversion of funds to VBS. Surely, you know, you can't hold ordinary folks accountable for decisions which they do not make. Uh, and will that stand? And that's something I was pondering. You know, will that stand? Uh, will communities uh, understand that, you know, um, there will be a shortfall in service delivery on the basis of 1.9 billion rands, which was, you know, spent, uh, you know, uh, uh, by, by municipal officials? Will that stand? That's something I thought about. Hmm uh let's see whether that'll will, that will hold. The other one that I could not stop thinking about is the uh, Nkolesi, uh Dukwana, you know, the former MSC of economic affairs in the in the Free State who alleged that um he was bribed at the tune of uh two million Rands a month. Can you imagine two million Rands a month for a period of ten years. That's that's quite you know Significant. I'm thinking, my goodness, uh, we don't run out of stories in this country. Which, um, ultimately, about 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 governance. The other one that, uh, well, obviously, you know, one would have to reflect on, um, is that of the the CEO of Transnet, Siyabonga Gama, who, unfortunately, had to be you know let go on a basis of strings of allegations uh, of embezzlement and so on and so forth. By the way, you know, I need to qualify. Allegations, because nothing has been proven uh, to, to date. Uh, so, so when you look at all these issues that South Africa is almost um, endowed with, because we don't we don't miss them, they're almost there, they are occurring on a daily basis. And I say to myself, what is at the heart of these issues? What is at the core of leadership? You know, uh, 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 challenge. And the only thing that I could you know uh, come up with is ethics ethical conduct it's, a, it's about greed you know um as the driver of these kinds of issues but anyway those are my thoughts uh, uh and i'm sure you you know you have your own thoughts as well uh, uh sadly those are not the context those are not bones of contention for tonight's show uh tonight we are talking about integrated reporting with an esteemed uh, colleague, Joanne Mettison from Accelerate Property Fund. On that note, I want to extend the welcome to Joanne and say, "How are you, my dear?"
0: Thanks, Nimrod. It's good to be here.
1: Thank you very much and welcome. And 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 thanks for gracing you know the show once again with with, with your presence. Uh, the reason why I want to talk about integrated reporting is that uh, we should all be concerned about integrated reporting because that you know, in a way, provide a sense of how a company is performing. You are able to interrogate the company's, you know, corporate strategy. You look at the finances, you know, we look at the business model, you look at the performance, and you know, all those kinds of stuff um, or issues or element, um, in a way, are able to, you know, provide some kind of a window through which one can look at a company, uh, whether you want to invest in that, in that kind of company. In my sense, you know, integrated reporting in a way could begin to provide that kind of, uh, a, a window. Um, but anyway, Joanne is more, you know, qualified than I am in this space, uh, which links to my very first question, Joanne. For those who do not know what integrated reporting is all about, what is it?
0: Integrated reporting is a concise communication about how an organization is doing in terms of creating value in the short, medium, and long term, taking into account its strategy, performance, and prospects in the context of an external environment. So you've got the macro issues and the micro issues, and you put it all together to have a holistic view of what's happening in the company.
1: So if I come across an integrated report document, um, that's what I should be looking for to, to, what, you know, to what, you know, absorbing or seeing um, in terms of what is actually happening.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you go to the framework, it gives you very specific uh, guidance on what to follow and what are the key content elements. So if you look at the key content elements um, – you should have the organisation's overview and the external environment. I like the scope and boundary as the very first section because that deals with all the items that the organisation has thought about that are material to give the reader a view. So that would cover um, key strategic issues, key external issues, the legislative framework, the assurance provider and then most important of all is a responsibility statement by the board and signed, at least by the chairman and usually the CEO, taking accountability for what's in the report. So that sets the tone. Then after that, you have the organization overview and the external environment. Uh, Then you have the business, and not necessarily in this order, obviously what makes sense for that business, the business model, the strategy and revenue allocation risks and opportunities, governance, performance, and outlook. So those are the key content elements for the reader to get a view of what the company looks like both at a point in time and particularly going forward with different time horizons.
1: So would I be correct to assume that um, integrated reporting um, has to be pitched at the highest level of organisational excellence, in that the custodians of integrated reporting now that it's it's going to be a public document through which a company is expressing or communicating at least uh, its its strategic thrust, uh, the risk, the finances, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. Would 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 one be uh, correct to assume that it has to be? It
0: has to be because you've got that responsibility statement where the board confirms that the information is credible, hopefully that it uh, complies with the integrated reporting framework, and just like your annual financial statements are approved by the board – the integrated report is also approved by the board and it must be because specifically if it's an account of the strategy, performance, etc., those are all items which the board takes accountability for. So it, it has to be the board that signs it off. Obviously there are other custodians the company secretary is a custodian of corporate governance and pay, plays a key role. And then all your, your, um, your finance team, your board committees, Uh, your various assurance providers, whether they be internal, such as internal audit or your audit committee members, or external, like your external um, auditors or other assurance providers, depending on the nature of the business and whether you've had assurance providers both on a quantitative and qualitative basis, the qualitative side being a lot harder. And then at the end of the day, that governance uh, and accountability Must filter down to the employees Where they all take ownership For their area of expertise And if it's been Communicated properly What goes on in that company They will understand where they fit in In the bigger picture And feel part of the company And its journey of sustainability
1: Talking of sustainability I think you, you know What comes to mind um, um, Is the whole notion of the material benefits associated with integrated reporting, because one, you know, in you know, given the kind of um, explanation that you provided in terms of the value, uh, one would also say, look, um, for those companies that have not embraced integrated reporting, um, how can we incentivize them, or what is that they need to think, you know, differently in terms of uh understanding the value the material value associated with integrated reporting. What will be your stance beyond that point?
0: Nimrod, I think the point you raise is particularly important because I think the companies that haven't embraced integrated reporting are those companies that really don't understand the benefit. I think that's part of the problem. The the, the other part of the problem is that people don't like to change the way they're doing business. But to get back to your question the material benefits are that once you have a framework, it gives you the basis for a critical way of thinking about the business. It Most importantly, it forces you, by looking at the six capitals based on input, output, activities and outcomes to look at all those six capitals from a positive and negative aspect. So particularly on the outcome side, you can have value creation and value destruction. An example being um, the effect a mining company would have on the environment. It also provides a good management tool. So it's a discipline that gets installed in the management team in preparing reports uh, which are used both internally and externally and that also aligns the internal reporting with the external reporting which is part of the holistic integrated uh reporting It also improves risk management because it's a disciplined approach to risk management. And as you'll have seen from King 4, risk management now looks at risks and opportunities. And risks and opportunities are interlinked with the strategy. So once you get more and more involved in this, you see the interdependencies and the linkages of integrated reporting, which is where it starts to make sense It also improves knowledge management by seeing how to link the different elements, because if you look at previous reporting, an annual report was just financial at a point in time. Then you got um, sustainability reporting that generally had... Uh, Three different reports, environmental, social, governance, and the um, annual financial statements. And now you have integrated reporting, which brings together financial and non-financial negative and positive impacts, and you start to see a bigger picture. It also integrates the KPIs with strategy, the business model and governance. So, for example, when you're reporting on governance, you don't want to say this is the structure we have in place. The thinking should be this is why we have the structure in place to give and add value to the strategy. So you start looking at your structures and your governance in a different way. It also breaks down the internal silos because all the different parts of a co- company and all the different disciplines need to work together. And at the end of the day, most important, it enhances accountability and board leadership. These are all the good things that I see from it.
1: Thank you very much. I think you've you, you know you you've provided quite substantial, you know um, um, you know. Uh, um, Understanding in terms of why um, integrating reporting is so important. I mean, particularly when you look at issues around, you know, a reflection on the sixth capital. Because we know that um, an entity is governed. You know, there are so many disciplines that 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 you know are, um, are forced to, you know, uh, conspire within a co- within a company. Um, also, quite you know, like the you know the whole point on 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 the 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 the, you know, the you know, attempt, um, or a way in which integrated reporting fosters, um, you know, a breakdown of, you know, silos, uh, because typically, you know, human beings are, are more inclined to hog work and, 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 you know, uh, you know, pretend as if, you know, there are no dependencies. But through integrated reporting, you know, particularly when you've got a very robust leadership it can actually conscientize leadership or management or ordinary people for that matter of the value of you know sharing information so that you know you you have that kind of an openness and understanding that uh, your deliverables uh, depends on my deliverables and extent to which how finance integrate with risk and risk you know uh, compliance compliance strategy you know under one umbrella so so for me that, those are quite very useful, uh, uh, you know, elements of integrated reporting, which, which, you know, goes back to one point that perhaps maybe the listeners might be interested in knowing. Um, it is the, the six capital. Let's take a stock back and unpack those six capital because we're talking integrated reporting in the context of a number of elements or a number of, of capitals, which no longer run in silo, um, have to be integrated, you know, which means Organizational leadership, the CEOs, uh, and board members have to understand, you know, these capitals or these disciplines and, and, and create a culture of integration, uh, within organization. Personally, let's just take a step back. Let's unpack those capitals.
0: Okay. Uh, the integrated reporting framework lists six capitals, um, but they do specifically say that the six capitals aren't made in stone. If, if your business has something different or your business has only some of them that are relevant, then you are free to use that. But if you do, I would strongly urge an organization to give some kind of explanation because somebody who understands integrated reporting, if they only saw three of them, they'd immediately think there's a lack of credibility here. What's happened to the other three? So if we look at the six capitals, uh, and, and just to, to stress what the purpose is, is to look at them in the context of input. So that would be what you put in. So if we take the uh, the first one and say it's financial, that would be the money you use to create activities and outputs. Outputs can only be goods, services and waste. Activities are all the things that a company does in order to get to those outputs. If you go to the next one, is manufactured, that could be something that the company manufactures itself for its own use or for onward sale, or it could be something like a piece of equipment, a piece of mining equipment that it purchases in order to start the activity of mining to have the output of diamonds. The next one would be natural, so that would be the environment. Are your diamonds found on land? are they found uh, or are they marine in the sea? Um, and water would be uh, water electricity well depending what kind of electricity that, uh, that that could be part of it. Human would be your people, relationship and social is the communities you work in, uh, it would be the regulators that you deal with, how all these different uh, communities relate to each other, and then um, intellectual, which is your brand management, your um, IP, your various intangibles. So those are the six capitals. So you look at the inputs As I said before, you look at the activities and the outputs, and then what I think is actually the most important part in looking at the value creation story is the outcomes both positive and negative because there you can really see what a company is doing, and then that starts to tie up with how you relate to your stakeholders because you can only really, in my view, Complete the outcome section once you understand your whole stakeholder engagement model. So the first thing you'd have to do there would be to identify them. What is the way you engage with them? What are their expectations, their interests, and their legitimate needs? And whether your ways of engaging with them have the expected outcomes? And then what are the trade-offs? So in your value uh, creation story, you would say we have done one thing and we know that it's been at the expense of, of another issue. Both are two good outcomes or maybe t- both are reasonably bad outcomes. It depends what it is. But this is how you start to see the linkage of the business model to strategy and stakeholder engagement. So you start to see more and more the linkages of the different pieces of integrated reporting. And it would help everybody both in the organization and externally to understand the whole picture. But to understand it, you've got to start at the very beginning with the integrated thinking, which should start with your strategy session. That's where you need to start the journey You might need one step before that for your team, your board and your your team who put everything together to actually understand integrated reporting. But then at the strategy, you should start putting these building blocks in place. So then when it comes to the end of the year and you are ready to do your integrated reporting, everything's there and it's not such a difficult job. It's just one part of the journey.
1: We're going to take a break in a second But before you go into the break This is one that I was to ponder on because, which, which I thought it was a very powerful um, utterance from your side Is the fact that um, You do not necessarily have to Consume or reflect on all six capital Because I've seen it in some instance Some companies gonna refer to one or two It doesn't necessarily make them um, Less um, Attractive in that, in their business model, for example, does not necessarily, perhaps uh, maybe indirectly, um, ha- you know, uh, have a direct impact or, you know, direct line with with all the six capital. So it's quite, you know, soothing to hear that uh, because I've had so many guys, you know, wondering and, and really being anxious that their reports don't seem to reflect all the six capital, um, you know, amongst, you know, the most difficult one. I, you know, on top of my mind is the, you know, intellectual capital, you know, uh, not everybody understands, you know, the value because they, they almost like, you know, in, in, in a value chain dealing with secondary items without necessarily being producing knowledge, you know, uh, kind of stuff that require, you know, um, a robust positioning around, you know, around intellectual in the capital, for example, manufacturing. Not every single person is in a manufacturing space. However, you may reflect on that type of capital um, from your supplier side of things. The extent to which uh, you know your suppliers, uh, uh, you know, manufacturing uh, uh, indices or manufacturing standards are reflective to the global norms around environmental issues and so on and so forth. So it's quite, you know, it's quite uh, interesting to hear that. Um, if somebody presents, you know, an integrated reporting which falls short of the sixth capital having dealt with one or two, it's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: Yes, and I would add to that as another category in terms of outcomes. For example, an NGO or an, an organisation that lends money to start-ups, the outcomes would be indirect and direct. So if you, your outcome is you lend money to a small start-up, the indirect out, outcome would be that that start-up has created jobs. So it's a further category breakdown, and one would only start working out all these different subcategories once you start looking at your value creation model.
1: Yes, indeed. Tim, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It's it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun. I'm joined in the studio by Joint Medicine from Accelerate Property Fund. Got it right this time around?
0: Indeed. Thank, thank you. you right. Thank
1: you very much. So before we went to the end, well, anyway, uh, for those that have just sort of joined us, the conversation at hand, it is, we're talking about integrated reporting. Before we went to the break, um, you know, I challenge Joanne to, to, to really give us insight in terms of you know how, how executives and, and board members move beyond or cultivate the, the, the notion of integrated thinking because um, you know, thinking um, sometimes it's a competence of the few um, and it doesn't really... They, there's not enough opportunity for other, you know, executive, other layers of management to make their input. Um, can you talk of integrated thinking when the thinking part is a competence of the few? and 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 how does that integrated thinking assist um, you know, the companies to, um, you know, to really appreciate um, different understanding of the markets, penetration, income revenue streams, financial you know, position, and so on and so forth, when there's not much effort uh, in bringing all these other inputs together?
0: I think, unfortunately, there's a big focus on the integrated reporting. And a lot of companies, as you're well aware of, Nimrod, outsource the integrated reporting to specialists and think about it only at the end of the year. And I think part of that problem is, as I mentioned earlier, is that they don't really see the benefit of the whole journey from integrated thinking to improved integrated decision-making, and the integrated reporting is only at the end of the journey. So for a company that's just starting out on this process, my recommendation would be that when the board and senior management has its annual strategic session, that they have a facilitator who understands the whole process so that that session can not only set the building blocks for the whole process, but it can be an opportunity for the board to better educate themselves on the benefits of integrated thinking and improved decision-making. And if they don't believe any of this, it's an opportunity for them to challenge the process. And hopefully at the end of it, they'll be convinced that there is a benefit. So from that, you then really need to redesign your report's both internally and externally. So, for example, the quarterly performance reports that go to the board for review should have the KPIs, should have the six capitals uh, with what you've determined from the strategy session would be the outcomes and to monitor how all those issues are Developing, and also to go back to the Companies Act and to understand that in this day and age, in order to be effective, a company needs both a legal license and a social license. You see that very much in the public sector because they they do have that kind of mandate and they're generally aware of it. But I think that uh, listed companies and other unlisted companies need to understand that society, communities, and the company or the organization are all interlinked and need each other. They are completely I- interdependent. So the objects of the Companies Act under Section 7 include social benefits, creating an entrepreneurial culture, creating a framework where businesses can thrive. So personally, I think it's very hard to get away from the fact that in order to be a successful, sustainable business in the long run, you need a legal and a social license. So from the strategy session, thereafter, once you've redesigned your board agenda and all your reports, your internal and ex- and, and board reporting should align to the new way of thinking. And as the board gets into it and the management team gets into it, if they start seeing the benefits, then you get the buy-in then I think it becomes a lot easier. But I think it's the initial buy in that's hard to get.
1: I couldn't agree with you more because I mean in, in my experience, um the buy in it it's it's almost um impossible. Uh but you know this is I think this is leads my my next question as in you know, on on you know why are we having or seeing such less traction when integrated reporting at the first bill at least. Um It provides such a huge opportunity for a companies to 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 think and act differently. I mean, you've correctly alluded to, you know, reflection on the sixth capital. You correctly reflected on on good management uh, um, as as a good management reporting tool. Uh, You also correctly reflected on on integrated reporting as a risk management because it's disciplined approach. He also ref, uh, reflected, which I thought it was very useful point, that it goes beyond just financial management reporting. And last but not least, it, it really enhances collaboration as opposed to silo. But all these variables that you presented, which are very useful, um, ordinarily one would assume that with that kind of knowledge that is available, we'd we'll see more and more companies embracing integrated reporting um, as a value because – um, who, whoever is a recipient or read integrated reporting from company A is able to make an informed decision on the basis of its performance, at least in the short term, long term, and make some some kind of extrapolation in terms of how this company is going to perform in, in future. The question for me, therefore, is why is integrated reporting uh, not taking traction as it should in, in South Africa?
0: Well, I think there are no statistics to prove either way whether it is gaining traction or not, but I mean it is a global movement and has been going for many years, so there certainly is the C-suite group of companies that are innovative globally and do adopt it, and in South Africa the JSE has uh, endorsed integrated reporting and the King 4 report has endorsed it Uh, so... If you're in that kind of environment, it is something you have to do to a greater or lesser extent. I think from that, the value chain that is involved with an organisation that does integrated reporting, there might be pressure on them as well to comply to the extent that they can has been one of the factors that an organisation takes into account when choosing to do business because if they decide to do business with a new company, they may ask for their integrated report of financials and if they're just given financials, they might say this is not substantive enough information for me to do business with you and my understanding certainly is that there are companies that do look at these issues. So hopefully it should gain traction through the value chain. But on the downside, there is an expense attached to this, and there's a huge time commitment. A small company that's run by entrepreneurs that where the the top people are working seven days a week will probably say, I'm just trying to earn revenue and get my profits up. I haven't got time for all this nice to have. And so I get back to an earlier point about trade offs. When you slow down and put more building blocks in place so that you're well positioned and have the right platform for the next level of growth and having the right platform in place is very important for good decision making, which is part of the integrated reporting process. If we go back to our discussion last week on VBS, clearly the platform was not in place. So, I mean, that's an extreme example of how things go wrong if you don't have the building blocks in place. But in order to get buy-in, I think you have to remind people of the things that go wrong and you have to reflect frequently on where you are and change your priorities so that you always have a good, solid platform for sustainability,
1: you know, what comes to mind as, as, as you, you know you're deliberating, um, it, it there's almost two schools of thought. You know, one it is that of an elitist kind of environment which uh, integrated reporting is likely to be associated with, and and the the entrepreneurs you know school of thought wherein the you know, margins are very low uh, because of what you alluded to, you know, administrative uh, cost. Associated with you know, um, you know the kind of infrastructure you need to to build, you know, uh, uh, you know integrated reporting requirements because it, it, there's definitely an expense. Um, perhaps maybe what may happen at some point um, in terms of going, getting the statistics because remember the first question was how wide and vast is integrated reporting. Uh, is in South Africa because if it is wide enough, um, that could be a strategic lever through which most of these entities are able to crowd in investment, which then leads to employment opportunities uh, because there's obviously correlation. And the more and more companies look um, as if they, 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 they are morally upright, the ethical conduct, it it it's not questionable as in the VBS, the standoff of this world and so on and so forth. The assumption we can make is that more and more uh, investors are more likely to be drawn into that, um, and and when you look at the, the 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 number of of entrepreneurial driven entities like a small man, this is where the bulk of you know value creation is, um, which which unfortunately because of uh, cost implications we don't really get to know the extent to which these companies or these small men and women are doing from an integrated reporting point of view because of the cost. But it doesn't necessarily mean that because they don't have fancy, glossy you know, reports. They don't, in their operation, don't reflect uh, uh, or think, at least in an integrated fashion. What's your take on that?
0: Absolutely. Um, I think it's very hard for entrepreneurs to go this route. First of all, they're, they're unlikely to have an understanding of it uh, and And see the benefits, so I think it would happen down the line. The only way it could possibly happen is if it 's a requirement from the funder, which it might uh-huh. very well be uh-huh. um, i I know just being involved in corporate social investment when I ask an organization that uh, 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 that as a company we 'd like to contribute, we would certainly look at what. What sort of documentation they have And a, an organization With more of an integrated Report would give me a lot More comfort to invest In them than a set of financials
1: Yeah but here's another Spin in the works We have seen a number of companies uh, That are at the First value blue chip and yet um, The integrated Reporting or ethos Together with uh, you know King Code for an example failing to manifest you know vbs being the latest example you know so you may have these um, you know codes um, you know of, of good governance and conceptual understanding of integrated reporting but you still need ethical men and women
0: Absolutely, but I think one of the key elements is when you look at an integrated report is to see whether it's balanced. <laughs> A report that just has the good side of it would in- immediately raise Alarm bells that something's not right. And remember also the integrated report is only one communication travel uh, ch- uh, channel. I believe it's incumbent on an investor or any other stakeholder that's interested in an organization to, uh, to Increase their knowledge of that organisation through many channels. So
1: you can't take it as 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 given that integrated reporting, in as much as meant to be a very comprehensive document, you can't make your decision on on that only. You have to explore other. Uh, avenues um, you know, that gives you intelligence, so to speak, in terms of where this company is?
0: Absolutely. I mean, just look at journalism. Anything that a journalist reports, they should have at least two sources. So depending on the level of decision-making you uh, are going to make about an organization, I mean, the, the bigger the risk for the stakeholder, whether it's a a funder or or whatever it is, you would need to do more and more of a due diligence. And the more you do, looking at different research reports, um, different reviews, different press articles, you'd need to see if these different communication channels are telling the same story. And if they aren't, that should immediately raise a red flag you know first of all if you're looking at it, at something online does it come from a credible source if it's an integrated report and they've done the scope and boundary correctly and it makes sense hopefully you can tick that off is it a If you're reading a press article, is it a journalist who you believe has integrity and a track record? Is it an an analyst's review? Is it an analyst who also has a good track record or is a maverick? So you need to critically analyze all these communication tools and see if they do talk to each other.
1: One of the biggest issues that you, you, you alluded to is all issue of risk. Um, you know, um, associated or at least been introduced um when you one when one looks at integrated reporting. Um you have said I and mean, correctly so for that matter, uh when a report does not reflect the risk or, you know, the bad side, you need to be wary. From your experience, um at least, you know, putting the integrated reporting, you know, uh um, eye, so to speak. Um Do you see more and more companies reflecting on the risk out of things uh, and and how the risk have somehow, you know, uh, affected their business model?
0: It varies. Some some organizations do it really, really well. Under key material matters, they put the top 10 risks. They... uh, describe the mitigating factors. They also put uh, the opportunities relating to those risks. They quantify the impact if something goes wrong and they put them in order of importance and then tie them up to the strategic pillars. So if you get something like that, you read it and you think, wow, this makes sense. Um, So then it's very, very useful information if it is linked up like that. Um, it, it would be hard to have any statistics on how prevalent that is
1: Okay, my last point um, uh, on this issue You have seen very good integrated report in your life um, What has been you know, the worst integrated report that you have seen Which in my view questioned the leadership ethos um, The appreciation of integrated thinking, let alone application and reflection on uh, on all the you know pillars that we've spoken about.
0: Well, I think if it's called an integrated report and I open it up and it's an annual report, then immediately th- the credibility <laughs> isn't there. <laughs> um,
1: but but is there an appreciation of the difference between annual report and integrated report?
0: Well, I think somebody who's in that environment will pick it up immediately because uh, the content elements that need to be an integrated report are very clear in the framework. I mean, obviously, you can adapt them and put the order differently, but the, the information must be there and easy to find. Sometimes I'm, the the one issue that's often really, really hard to find is how remuneration links up to a strategy. And if I'm really struggling to find something on remuneration, I can't find a remuneration report, it's not in the HR report, it's somewhere else, then then I know something doesn't add up. Why is it too hard to find what I'm looking for? A good uh, integrated report should be easy to read. It should make good use of graphics. It should draw me into the story. Right at the beginning, the high-level information should tell me this is how the, the organization Creates value and then the Detail follows depending on how Much more I want to know But right up front I should Be getting a picture where is This company where does it want To go and what's its strategy To get there
1: my my other Observation uh, you know is that In some of the reports that I've seen um, There's information overload And it's very difficult To decipher and and really make sense Um, But one can 't really you know punish um, a badly written or badly organized integrated report uh, it 's just a matter of you having to apply your mind and begin to pull different elements together because you know you know for me i mean i don 't think it would be fair um to judge a, a report uh, which is chaotically you know put together uh because one really have to understand the substance you know. Um, um, have you experienced that? Because I,
0: I, I disagree with you on that point, mm. Nimrod, because if it's uh, difficult to find the information, then they haven't thought everything through properly. And if there's information overload, as you're suggesting, then they haven't identified the material matters correctly. So so for me... uh So
1: you if, run away as, a, as an investor like, uh-uh, I'm not touching I'd this. I'd
0: say... If I can't, if I can't figure out their, bu- their business model and their strategy, then they probably don't know what it is <laughs> if they can't make it clear to me. So, uh, that would worry me enormously.
1: Is this what the integrated reporting, uh, awards is all about? Could you just take us through that?
0: Uh, well, yes. It's uh, th- things like, uh, ease of readability, whether y- all the critical elements are there, uh, do, is it easy to understand all the issues that we've spoken about tonight? The integrated reporting awards are about that. It also has other benefits for the company in that it's a benchmark of where they are in, in the chain of good reporting, although one can't comment against companies that haven't submitted an entry. It also, you can get a report back on how you've done, so it's an opportunity to strive for improvement and do better in the next year. It's also, I think, very prestigious. It's um, an alliance between the JSE and Chartered Secretaries, both of whom have very good reputations, and it gives credibility to your report. In the next year, if you say we were one of the winners, immediately somebody reading it will think, This report has credibility. So I think it is a very important award, and I think it is important to participate.
1: On that note, unfortunately, we don't have much time. We're going to leave it there. Once again, thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I'm sure the listeners who are grappling with integrated reporting issues, um, particularly those uh, having to put it together, um, are better informed and, and they're knowledgeable on how to go forward.
0: Thank you for having me, Nimrod. It was a great pleasure.
1: The pleasure has been mine as always. Well, unfortunately, we're going to leave it there until we meet again. um, Have a good one.